Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Today we are going to finish up a series that I feel like I've been in for about two and a half years, the Geared Up series. And and uh, while we could definitely continue to, you know, to go forward with this series, we're going to bring it to a close today. And today I've titled my message, Friendly Fire, Friendly Fire. So in a combat situation, you know, not only do you have to worry about the enemy that's in front of you or the enemy that might be flanking you to your left or to the right, you know, any air attacks or things like that, but you also have to be aware of your own team, you know, you, you're, you, you know, those that are on your side. You know, we've heard stories where, you know, air support has been brought in and, and, and they've just dropped too close, they had a wrong coordinates, or, you know, you lose sight of where, you know, maybe a fire team or a platoon is and, and you, you open up and, and you end up opening up on your own, your own people. And that's a tragic, tragic situation. But uh, I've wrestled with this idea of putting this message called Friendly Fire together for about the last six weeks, five, six weeks. I was like, man, do I really even want to, do I want to go there? And this is the kind of the way that, you know, that, that I think is that when the Lord continues just to, you know, put something in front of you, it's usually because there's a, you know, there's something that he's wanting you to do with it. And so, so we're going to end this series with this message called Friendly Fire. And, um, and, and I want to just start up by just talking about pain. I want you to, re- to realize that, that pain and danger is found every single place that you go. Uh, we have heard recently over the past you know, few years um, how pain has been exposed in and through the Me Too movement. This is where, where typically people that are in authority or have some sort of a power you know, position will take advantage of, um, you know, not all the time, but most of the time women, and, um, and they will take advantage of them sexually. And of course, you know, that, that, that there's a lot of pain that's involved in that. Uh, our political stage that we are in the middle of right now is filled with, with grief and filled with pain. What's interesting about about this time of the year and this election, it doesn't seem like there's any gray area. You're either over here or you're over here, and you've got very strong convictions as to why you're on one side or the other, whatever side that that might be. But but these conflict, these these areas, you know, the just everything, you know what I mean. Pain is is present. We've got families, you know what I mean, that are, that are, that are working against one another because of the, the, the pressures with COVID and, the, and the, uh, the political setting and all of the other things that are happening on, uh, you know, happening in our world. We've got families that are not even working together. In fact, they're working against one another. Um, husbands and wives where opposites is the, you know, the opposite, you know, that person being opposite of you is the very thing that attracted you um, to to your spouse 
um, to your, you know, your significant other, whatever. Um, opposites attracted you together, but now um, your opposing sides are causing you to attack one another. And so, so the family unit is working against itself. And of course, the result of that is pain. Somebody say pain. Pain is found everywhere. Pain is all around us. And, and this is the truth that pain is also found in the church. Pain is found in the church. Being hurt in churches is different, though, because uh, finally you have found a safe place to, you know what I mean, to belong. It's like, listen, I never thought I was going to be a church-going person. And, and then all of a sudden somebody, you know, they invited me to you know, to go to church with them. And, and wow, I was, you know, not only did I like it, but I felt something there. It's like I felt God, you know what I mean, do something on my heart. And, and, um, and, 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 and I feel something new happening. And, and, and so finally, I found a place that I could feel comfortable. Finally, you know, I, I come to a place where I could be vulnerable. Like I really let my guard down. I, I, because of the pain in my past, I've, I've not been good at letting my guard down. And then all of a sudden, I, I allow myself to become vulnerable. And we think like this, that the boogeyman is out there, right? The devil is out there. The devil's in the streets. And the devil's found in my weird neighbor. You know, that weird old guy that, that, that is like neighborhood watch. And he knows everything. He's always peeking out the window. I got to keep my eye on that guy. Like I can prepare for that. But I can't prepare, come on, whenever I'm hurt in, in, in the church, when somebody, you know what I mean, somebody doesn't do what they say they were going to do, or, or, or I, I open up to them, and now, you know, I've heard that, you know, my, my thing that I told them to keep quiet is now on the prayer chain, you know, and everybody's praying, and I... And I shared what I shared with them in confidence or, or, or man, you know, I invited this person over to my home and I don't invite anybody over to my home, but I opened up my home and, and the way that they treated me afterwards and you know what I mean? They just, it hurt. And so, so we're prepared for things out there, but we're not prepared for the hurt and pain in here because we come into the understanding that when I'm serving Jesus and other people our servant Jesus, that all there should be is complete peace and harmony. That's what we believe. We, we come to this place of, 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 of just believing these kinds of things. And I just want to be the person that reminds you today that the church is filled with broken, messed up people. And guess what? Broken, messed up people at times act broken and messed up. And so, come on, this is a trauma center that we are in. And my prayer is, is that Grace Church would always be a trauma center. But the truth is, is that whenever we come to church, no matter how long we've been serving the Lord, we have expectations, don't we? We got expectations that people are going to act perfect, that people are going to act whole and they're not going to hurt us like all those other people have hurt us. You know, in the in the in the past, we expect them to act perfect. And the truth is, is that we oftentimes hold church folks. Come on more. We have a higher expectation on church people than we have on people even in our own family. We, we hold church people to a higher standard, a higher expectation than we even hold our wives or our husbands. Oh, here's a good one. We, we put a bigger expectation on church people than we do our own kids. 
Oh, you want one even better than that? We hold people to a higher expectation than we have on ourselves. You see, we judge ourselves by our intentions. You know, I didn't intend for this to happen, but we judge everybody else on their actions. We give ourselves come on a pass where we will not give grace and mercy to the next person. We won't give them that same pass. And I'm just telling you that the church is filled with broken people. I want you to know this, that Grace Church, somebody say Grace Church, is a hospital. Say Grace Church is a hospital. You know, not every church is a hospital. Some churches, unfortunately, are better, you know, would be classified under museums. But Grace Church is a hospital. And Grace Church, as long as, you know, my prayer is, as long as I'm here, that we will always be a hospital. And a hospital is a church, a group of people that are on the ready, come on, to bring in the, 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 the wounded, to bring in, you know, the broken, to bring in those in need of, of, of something. And so Grace Church is a, is a hospital, amen? And, and yes, it's, it's difficult because we worship together. There's nothing, nothing like worshiping together, right? Some, some of the most incredible times that people have had have been in times of prayer where you, where you were just like, man, I need the Lord. And then the next thing you know, you might be kneeling up here or, or standing up here in the front. And the next thing you know, you feel one hand on your shoulder, maybe another hand on your shoulder. And, and you're thinking, wow, there's, there's somebody praying with me only to get up from that prayer place and find that there are five or six people that are gathered around you Come on, praying, not knowing what you're going through, but just praying on your behalf that God would do what God needs to do. Amen. It's powerful. And so and so you, you feel an affinity, you know, to these people that you that you worship with, you pray with. And once again, you open up your homes and 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 this is just what I want to remind you. I want to remind you, Grace Church, that when somebody fails, when somebody fails you, you need to have grace still. Grace needs to be continued. There need to be provisions where, where you are able and willing, come on, not to hang them on the cross, you know, not to separate yourself from them, but to, but to, but to remain and have grace and have mercy. Amen? Someone gives their heart to Jesus. I just want you to realize that immediately they don't start acting like Jesus. They don't look like Jesus and they don't smell like Jesus. Come on. It takes some time, doesn't it? Come on. Maybe some of you have been serving the Lord for 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, 20 years. And you would be honest with yourself by saying, listen, I still have a long way to go. While I have come a long way, there's still a great deal that needs to be done in my life. Amen. See, you don't look like Jesus all the time. You don't act like Jesus all the time. And you certainly don't smell like Jesus all the time. Right. And so, so when people fail, when people come up short, come on, we have to have the grace and the love and the mercy, come on, that we are called to have on their behalf. I want to just ask a quick question this morning. Who here, and, and if you haven't, please don't raise your hand just to, you know, just to, you know, because it's the cool answer. Who here has been hurt in church before? Anybody ever been hurt in church? A lot of people have been hurt 
in the church. And if you haven't been hurt in church, stick around for a while. You will be. I promise you, um, somebody's going to do something that, that, that is going to be painful. They're going to say something, you know, without engaging their mind. I was talking, you know, with the staff right before, right before service, and I was talking about the message, and Jason, I think it was, Cook, he said, listen, one of the problems is, is people speak without engaging their mind. And, and, you know, when you do that, sometimes that hurts, right? It hurts. It's like, wow, I never saw that aggressive action or those words coming from, you know, from this people, but from this person or this people group. But guess what? Like you have a responsibility when you're hurt, come on, not to bury it, not to push it down, but to deal with it and love that person and and walk in forgiveness and not treat them any different than how you treated them before. And I I know that some measures are are greater than other measures, but it's silly some of the reasons why we divide in the church. It's silly. Like there are some serious things, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I I'm, I do have a great deal of compassion, but some of the things that cause the biggest disruptions are just simply silly, right? Silly, 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 silly. That's a funny word, silly. And, and it's interesting, when we're hurt in the world, come on, what, what do we do? Like, how, how many of you have kids? How many of you have kids? Raise your hand if you got kids. So your kid comes home, Jay, and they're like, hey, listen, you know, there's this kid in, in my class that's just being, that's just being mean. What do, you, what do you do? What do you, what do you, how do you coach your kid through that? You're, you're on the spot. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, give the church answer. There you go. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lay hands on them. The right hand of fellowship is what you're talking about. But, but, but pray for them. And, you know, but, but honestly, and <clears throat> I've made some bad mistakes raising, you know, my kids. I honestly did tell my son once to punch kid in the nose. Bad, uh, bad, 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 Travis, bad. Travis, it did not help, but we still talk about it today. Typically, when you've got kids and you're parenting your kids right, you know, what you do is you tell your kids, come on, you know, try to talk to them, you know, try to, you know, you know try to, you know, don't let it bother you as much. What we're doing is we're teaching our children how to deal with pain, right? What about somebody uh, that you work with? Anybody ever work with somebody that's just a nuisance that you're like, man, I wish they would retire, but they've only been there two years. And, uh, <clears throat> right? You work with somebody that's a thorn in your side. Come on, what do you do? You try to make the best of it, right? You try to have conversations with them. You try to get on the same page. Sometimes that doesn't, you know, help. It doesn't work. Sometimes you got to bring somebody else into it. But guess what? When you're hurt in church, guess what you do? You leave. When you're hurt in church, it's the only place that it's okay after all of the wonderful teaching that you give your kids. You get hurt in church. What do you do? You leave. You just pack up your bags and you, and, you, and you leave. And it's crazy because the church is the only place where you're going to receive more healing than you'll ever, come on, receive pain. It is the one place, come on, that can, that can, that can heal you, heal your life, heal your, your disappointments. Come on, it's the one place. And I want you to know that the church, while it's not perfect, it's beautiful. And when we get hurt, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on what do you do in your pain because you've got a Bible and we've spoken a lot about this topic. But when you get hurt in church, come on, there's a responsibility, come on, to walk out what it is that God's word says for us to do. 
amen, to, you know, to have mercy where mercy is needed and have grace where, where grace is needed. Come on, to love, love abounds, amen. And so uh, the church is the only place that you receive more healing than, than hurt. But when we get hurt, we leave. Come on, and guess what? When we leave, we take our pain. Where do we take our pain? To the next church that we go to, to, to the next church. And so, so I, I listen, I, God didn't give me any kind of a vision as to who, but, but he did give me a little bit of understanding that there are people, potentially people, even in our own church, that when you sit in the chairs, in the, in the, in the position that you sit in when you come every Sunday and every Wednesday, really there's a representation of six churches sitting in your chair. Because those six churches, the pain that you have that you have received from those three churches, two churches, six churches, it's never been dealt with. And so you sit where you sit representing the pain of six churches here. And 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 when we sit where we sit with the pain of the past, what we do is we, we find ourselves being critical. We find ourselves judging. We find ourselves waiting. You know why we smile and say, hey, brother, wonderful. It's so good to see you. Hey, sister, sweet, amazing to be in the house of the Lord. There's something under the surface where you're sitting there and you're just waiting. Come on, for that thing that you've seen in all of those other six churches take place so that you can now pick up and go down the road and take, come on, the seven churches of pain into the eighth church. And guess what? It's going to be a period of time if you do not allow the Holy Spirit, God's Word, to do the work in your life. It's only going to be a short period of time until you contaminate the eighth church and the ninth church and the tenth church because the common denominator in all of the churches, while no church is perfect, you're going to get hurt. The, the common denominator is you and your lack and inability to address the hurt and pain and bring it before the Lord and to allow God, come on, to do the work that needs to be done so that you can be created into a whole person again. Amen. Come on. God wants to he wants to restore you. God wants to heal you. He wants to de develop you. He wants you to 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 mature and go beyond potentially where you where you are. And so number one, we've got some people that leave the church. Somebody say leave. And we've got some people that shrink back, which means that they stay, but they're but they're but they but they leave emotionally like they're here physically, but they've already left. Come on. They leave without leaving is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. They leave without leaving. They're present, but they're not. And so what this looks like is, you know, you you talk to them. They're like, hey, man, everything's great and wonderful, but they're living spiritually impotent. They're living in a place where there's no power. You, you know what I mean? They're there. They're existing and they're probably hopeful that something's going to change. But God uh, you know, is waiting for them to expose the pain and come to him. Uh, you know, come to you, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will I will heal you. Um, and, and so they're present. Listen to this now. They're present. They're here, but they're noncommittal. It's like they're here, but they're never going to they're never going to get involved in in anything because they remember when they were involved before they remember they were looking back. Man, I, I did that. I stepped out and boy, look how that turned out. 
You know, next thing you know, I've heard terrible stories where a person was over a ministry. They were over a ministry only to come uh, on, a, on a different, you know, div- they were in the church at a different night. And, and the ministry that they were over were meeting without them even knowing about it. And, and just crazy nonsense things that, that, have, that, have, that have just taken place that hurts but, but I'm just telling you that you cannot live your life, come on, withdrawn and, and, and shrinking back. Amen. Um, you can't live your life internally divided. It's like, yes, I love the Lord. Yes, I love the Lord, but I don't trust the Lord because, because um, a, a kingdom divided against itself, what happens? It will fall. A kingdom that is decided, a person that's divided in themselves will absolutely uh, fall. And I'm telling you, if you're in this place right now, if what I'm sharing with you right now is ringing true to you right now, I want you to know I'm not telling you that you're demon-possessed or anything like that, but I am telling you that the, the, the demonic will use your broken heart to bring about hurt in somebody else's life, or the demonic will cause other people to bring you more pain because you're working, you're looking for it, and, and it will happen. I'm just telling you. And so you've got to come out from that place of, of pain and disappointment and bring those things to the Lord. If you will, please turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 1. And we're going to spend a little bit of time here today. I'll just go ahead and start reading for time's sake. It says, therefore, I, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Man, I could preach a sermon right there. I'm not going to, but I just will say this that you are called by God. If you have given your heart to Jesus, you are called by God. Always be humble, the Bible says, and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowances. Listen, this is the Word of God. Uh, This right here is reinforcing what I've already shared and will continue to reinforce what I share going forward. Be patient with one another. Make allowance for each other's faults. Because of your, your love. Listen, love creates space. Love makes room. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. Like, listen, there are going to be people in this church that are completely opposite of who you are. And they are going to be a challenge to you because you don't understand how they can think the way they think, how they can act the way they act. But the Bible says to be long-suffering. And if you have a hard time with that, let me just put this into perspective. How long has God been long-suffering with you, right? We, we, we don't like to be long-suffering. We don't like to. It's like, listen, I gave them a chance like once and twice, and they just can't get it, so I'm done. You know, has the Lord treated you like that? No, he has not. Come on. He's been long-suffering with us. We need to be long-suffering with others. It goes on in verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is over all 
in all and living through all. I want to jump down to verse 11 because this is really what the what the church, the local church is about. It says in verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service. Somebody say equip for the works of service. Like, I just want you to know, and uh, these things I'm just going to hit real quick because they're just coming to me, but there's supposed to be an equipping taking place right now because if you're a, if you're a Christian, you are supposed to be equipped for the works of service. It means you're supposed to be doing something, not just, you know, going to bed at night. Man, I had another good Christian day where I didn't do anything, and, and uh, boy, thank the Lord for my salvation, you know. But, you, but the intention is, is for you to be equipped so that you can do something in building and advancing the kingdom of God. It goes on so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity. I want you to pay attention to these words. Until we all reach unity in the faith. That's a coming together, a place where we can walk together, right, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Underline in your Bibles the word mature. This is huge. It's a big word in this in all of these words. So that so that in the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure. Whole is another big word. Not half, not a portion, but the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants. Do you see the difference? We got maturity over here and infants over here. And he's going to talk about what an infant looks like. Somebody being tossed to and fro, manipulated, messed up. Somebody that gets hurt and quickly leaves. And, and you know, there's backbiting and all of these little things. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I want to ask you a question. What if God knew, and he knows everything, so, so he did know. What if God knew that you were going to get hurt by people, other people in the church, in the same church that you love? What if God knew that? Now listen, God doesn't Make people hurt you, right? He doesn't do that. The devil, you need to know the devil's behind it. The devil is the one that, that, that is, is divisive, and, and he is the one that kills and steals and destroys. It blows my mind. Some churches don't even believe there's a devil. How easy would that be? The devil's just in my thoughts. It's just in who I am. No, there's a devil. You have an enemy that wants to that break down every good thing that God has. And, but what if God, his intention is to use, come on, the hurt and the pain that comes through other people in the church to bring you to a place of maturity? And guess what? You'll never come to that place of maturity if all you're doing is fleeing. You're leaving. You're running every single time that somebody says something, does something, you know, acts in a way that, that is unbecoming of a perfect Christian that you are separating from, you know, them. You will never come potentially to that place of maturity. And all I'm saying is that the devil knows that all he has to do is offend you, to remove you, man, there's going to be tons of opportunity for you to be offended, right? right? If, that, if, if it's that easy, man, he's going to unleash, you know, all kinds of things to, 
to bring about that offense. But I want you to also know this, that when God is able to heal, when God's able to heal, there's an anointing and a ministry that is automatically given to you for reconciliation. It's like, listen, man, I've been where you are, but let me tell you about what God did in my life. You see, I I took my hurt and my pain and I was vulnerable to him and I exposed it to him. And he began to show me things about myself and that and that hurt and that pain that I experienced. Come on. God has 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 given me a wholeness in my heart and a wholeness in my soul. And I no longer, you know, am am, am, am non trusting and I'm no longer looking for people, you know, to, you know, to do something that that I I've experienced, you know, in the past, I'm whole, I am, God has done a work. And now because God has, has healed me, I can now be used, come on, to help you go through the same things that I've gone through. Come on, let's, let's walk together and let's, and let's share life together. Come on, through that, that healing, there is an anointing that is given to you and a ministry that is automatically given to you. It's a ministry of reconciliation. Come on, somebody. That's, that's a good place just to say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love. You know, I, uh, Matt spoke last week about grace and, and truth, right? So truth, sometimes people speak truth, but they don't speak it in love. And they think that because they're being truthful, that that just covers, it covers everything. But the truth is, is a lot of times people speak truth out of pain. Let me just let me rephrase that in the church. We see people speaking truth, unfortunately, as much out of pain as they speak it in love. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to let this thing happen to me again. I'm going to address it. God says to share the truth. I'm going to share the truth. And guess what? You're both wrong because you're not sharing the truth in love. There's no love. Love is not it's not even any place to be found in the equation. What's to be found is pain. It's like, listen, this really hurt. Now, now, you know, I have given myself, you know, the title to right every wrong and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be speaking and there's no love. There's no compassion. There's no heart of restoration. Come on, you, you end up putting up with people that you don't get along with. In fact, you're thinking, man, everything was so great until that person showed up. And I'm just telling you that that is not the spirit of God. God is not in that as much truth as you speak and as much truth as you share God is not in that so speaking the truth in love we will grow we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament it grows and builds itself up in love and each part does its work you see see the gospel message the good news is not this the gospel is not that the world hurt Jesus and Jesus got mad and he packed his bags and he took his toys and he and he left. No, the gospel message is, is the world hurt Jesus. And while Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus said this, forgive them because they do not know what they do. He was able to look beyond the personal pain to the bigger picture of of your and my salvation. Amen. Come on. We were the ones that hurt him. 
We were the reason why he went on the cross. Everybody wants to, you know, get after the Jews and they want to get after the Romans. But listen, my friend, you were the reason. I was the reason that Jesus went to the cross. And when he said, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Come on, we've got to position ourselves, I believe, in that place. Come on. And once again... There have been some terrible things that have happened in, in life. I'm shocked at some of the hardship that people, you know, have gone through, you know, being taken advantage of, you know, children and people being molested and those types of things. It just, if anything, fires me up. It's, it's like that's one of them. You know, women being beaten and, and manipulated and completely controlled. That's another thing that really, really, it, 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 like it gets my flesh going. And, and there's so many hardships. People that have lost loved ones, you know, sometimes in terrible situations like drunk driving or even murders. What about, what about a, you know, somebody that intentionally took a life of one of your loved ones or one of your children, you know, intentionally and purposefully? And so, so I'm not speaking this message lightly. Like I know that there's some very serious hurts and hardships that happen in the world. But what I'm telling you is this, and I have to believe it, filled with faith, even though I haven't experienced some of these terrible things, maybe like you've, like you've experienced them, that as you are in Christ, He is bigger than any amount of pain, come on, that you can face. I have to be true to that, though I've not experienced all pain. I've, I, I don't have a reference to what it is that you feel. I do know this, that God is bigger. If you will trust in Him, He will heal you. He will come in. Come on, He will restore you. The things that you thought were lost and never to get back again. Come on, he will, he will bring back again. But guess what? If the enemy is able to keep you down and suppress you and lie to you and tell you that your life is never going to be valuable again, then that is exactly where you're going to stay. It's where you're going to stay. God is bigger, even though I've not experienced what it is that you've experienced. He is still bigger. The power of God is experienced most when situations demand that we trust him. God, I believe, is experienced most when we're put in situations that demand that we trust him. Somebody hurts you, Nancy. They hurt you real bad, and you are just heartbroken. You cry yourself to sleep night after night after night, can't get rest, can't get sleep, and you're like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to forgive this person. How do I forgive them? Help me to forgive them. Come on, your, your, your faith is, is rocked and it's shattered. God, I know I'm supposed to believe in you. I'm having a hard time believing in you. Help me, Lord, with my unbelief in you. Amen? And so it's a process. These things are not easy. You can't just wake up one moment and say, listen, everything's going to be different and everything is going to be changed. But you can begin to work, come on, for the things that I'm talking about, towards the things that I'm talking about by bringing the Lord into the middle of, of those things. Amen? Uh, I, just, I just absolutely, uh, absolutely love that. A ministry of reconciliation has to believe in restoration. I want you to know that as a church, and, and I can say this on behalf of the church because I'm the pastor of the church, when somebody fails in this church, the very first place that my mind goes is restoration and reconciliation. It's, it's not punishment. It's not, you know, it's, it's just, it's not those things. It is how can we get this person back to a place where, 
you know, where, where, where they are being fruitful and their life is, is counting for the things of God uh, again. And, and this is kind of rolls me into something different that if I'm that way and this church is like that, then guess what? You also need to pray. If you have a hard time with this, you need to pray for alignment in this same area. I want you to know that in the church, people are going to talk and they're going to talk about their pain. People are going to talk. And they're going to talk about their pain. Guess who they're not going to talk to? They're not going to talk to me. Because I can tell you one thing, while I, I am not solid in all areas, I can tell you one thing that I am solid on. And that is when somebody comes to me with a pain in their life, I am without question going to share with them God's word. Whether, whether it's easy for them to receive, whether it's hard for them to receive, it doesn't matter. I will share God's word with them and I will share it in love. Like I will share it carefully. I'll, I'll, I'll take baby steps, but I will address any areas where they, where they are not helping themselves through the healing process. And so because of that, because not everybody, not everybody wants to be restored. Not everybody wants to be made whole. Sometimes people, they have been in their pain and their hurt for so long that it has become their identity and so they're always speaking from this place of pain, but they don't have any, any desire, come on, or they can't even envision, you know, them having a life. In fact, sometimes, have you ever met somebody that whenever things start going good, they will self-destruct? Have you ever met anybody like that? Like, this is a real situation that people have. And so, so it, they won't come to me because they know that I believe that God has positioned me to be an agent of change in people's lives. Like, like I'm just not going to say, oh, poor, oh, I'm so sorry, oh, you, you should be mad at him, he's terrible. But guess what? They won't come to me because they know what they're going to get. Guess where they're going to go? They're going to go to you. You're going to be the one that hears all of the complaining, all of the griping, uh, and it'll be like this. Uh, uh, hey, did you, did you hear about what? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, you didn't hear? Oh, let me tell you. Uh, can you believe that? And so they will go to you. Why? Because I have had people come to me and say, I don't know why, but everybody just comes to me and they just tell me all the bad stuff. You know, they just come to me. And you know what I tell them? I tell them right now. I, the reason they come to you is because you are not an agent of change. All you do is just listen. Man, God, is, God must have given me an anointing to be a good listener. No, listen, man. If God positioned you in that time, come on, he wants to release his truth and his word in love so that you can correct the bad behavior, come on, the, 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 the wrong thinking so that they can come out from that place of bondage that they find themselves in. I literally have had people come up to me and say, boy, there's just a lot of people that are just not happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. And then this is what I said. Well, what did you tell them whenever they came to you? Well, I didn't. It wasn't my spot to tell them anything. Well, whose spot was it? Come on, you have come on the Spirit of God in your life. Oh, yeah, what did you tell them? Well, nothing. I didn't tell them any. I just listened. That's why they keep coming to you. Because you've got your ears in the spiritual world, it looks like Dumbo's ears. You're just like, listen, I'll listen to anything. And your mouth 
Your mouth is just like a mouth of a mouse. You got big ears and no mouth. And so there's no power through the words that you speak in their life, in their situation to create the change that God is wanting to do. Is it possible that God brought them to you not just to listen, but to redirect, come on their thinking so that they don't have to be bound and chained and shackled like they've been living for, for a long time, maybe. It's good preaching. Good preaching. And that whole big ears and small mouth, it just came to me just like right now. That was really, I like that. All right, go ahead. Uh, It says, verse 16, from Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so, once again, if you're connected to Christ in a healthy way, um, what's going to happen is the body of Christ, the, what it says here, the body will heal itself. Like the body heals itself. And why will it heal itself? Because Christ in you is going to be the mouthpiece. Christ in you is going to be the one that serves to release, come on, that, that healing and that support. And so I want to go back all the way back to the beginning of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, therefore, and this is talking about your calling, therefore, I, the Apostle Paul said, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You know, we can look at the callings of God and we can say, well, pastor's called and this person is called, and, but I'm not really called. And I'm just saying if you're saved, um, you are absolutely called. And, and, and if, you're call, if you're here, like right now, I'm telling you that God has called you here for this time. And so I want to encourage you, I want to invoke you to, to step up and step into the calling that has been placed on your life. And I'm telling you, it starts with just a decision. Yes, Lord, I am. Yes, I will. And immediately step into that place where, where you are now, come on, on the team, on the court, and, and you, are, you are doing as the Holy Spirit and, and, and God begins to speak to you and, and lead to you. No more excuses, no more procrastination. And I'm telling you this, that people are going to be mean when you, when you put yourself out there. Just expect it. It's going to happen. I've got such a huge target on my back. And, 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 and I remember whenever I, when I was first starting out in ministry, when somebody would be dissatisfied with me, I would lose like so much sleep and hurt so much. But the thing is, is you've got to know that when you sign up to be on God's, you know, team in his army, come on, there are going to be arrows that are flying at you. Sometimes they're going to hit most of the time. You know, they're, they're not going to hit, but there will be pain. There will be hurt. But this is the deal. You must consider what God says about you more than you consider what people say about you. People all over this community. Come on. Hopefully not all over this community. But it gets back to me. Even other Christian pastors that say things about, about me personally and the, and the, and the church here. Now, listen, when I see them, 
What I don't do is I don't shun them. I don't man mug them. I don't go up to them and poke them in their chest. Sometimes that'd be fun. But anyway, I don't poke them in their chest and say, buddy, you got something that you want to say to me? No. What I do is I go over and I'm, and I'm overly kind. Man, I will be just, man, it's so good to see you. How are you? Been? How, how's your church going? How are things going? You know, we pray for you. We pray for all the churches and, and, and things like that. And I'm just saying that the flesh would say, man, get them back. Get them back. But the Spirit says, listen, you know, maybe God's still working some things out, you know, in their life as well. But uh, so to lead, you know, we've got to be humble. I'm just going to hit this real quick. To lead, we got to be humble. The Bible says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. It, it talks about esteeming others more high, highly than, your, than yourself. It says, listen, make every effort to keep unity in the Spirit. I want you to know this, that, if, that the Spirit of God is never divided. The Spirit of God is never divided. So the Spirit in this church is not divided. What divides is whenever we become disengaged from the Spirit. And so if you've got division, if you've got something that needs to be addressed, then it might be on your part. Re-engage, re-engage the Lord. Come on, say, Lord, together we're going to do this together so that, you can, so that you can move back towards unity with whatever it is that you're, that you're dealing with. I'm going to hit some things real quick, putting this thing on speed blast because of time. But I want to identify some things, some reasons why people get hurt in the church. These are not going to be all the reasons. You probably have and experienced your own reasons. But one of the reasons is, is that people have been controlled by other people in the church. They've been deceived. They've been manipulated. They've been lied to. There's a word called a thespian. A thespian is nothing but an actor. And so what they put off is that they're holier than thou, they're, they're better than what they are, and then all of a sudden you've been lied to, you bought into it, and then all of a sudden their true colors come out and they, and they do something or say something, and it's, it's been very hurtful. Maybe you've been discriminated against, and, and while racial discrimination is a big topic, Right now in our world today, it, it, it doesn't have to be that. It could be, it could be your age. Maybe people have treated you differently because you're too old in their mind right now. Maybe they've treated you differently because you're too young in their mind right now. Maybe it's because, you know, you're a woman and, and, and some people, you know, think that there's, you know, there's no place for a woman to do some of the things that, that, that God has called women to do. I mean, and, and all of those things, you know what I mean, they cause hurt and they, they, they cause pain. You know, maybe you were emotionally or verbally abused. Somebody slandered your name. You know, they took something, you know, that was in the secret. And they made it, you know, they made it public. Maybe somebody took advantage of you. Um, you were, this is a big one that I've seen in the church. You were valuable to that person as long as you were doing what it is that they needed you to do. The very moment that you stopped doing what was needed, you were no longer valuable to that person that causes hurt and it causes pain the church hurt your marriage maybe you know you 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 met your husband you met your wife in the world and then all of a sudden you know your husband goes to church and he's totally fired up about the things of God and now all he wants to do is serve the Lord he's at the church you know all the time and and you're thinking listen you know you're you're letting down on your responsibilities as a as a husband to this family because you're always wanting to and so now the church is is um is is looked down 
you know, upon. Maybe you've been sexually abused in the church. This is a terrible, terrible thing, but it's absolutely happened. Not happened here, thank the Lord, but it, it happens. You've got people that, that have been in position, you know, to serve children, and they've done terrible things to those children, and this is why background checks are important, and this is why security is important. People ask, why do you have cameras in the church? We have cameras in the church because we realize that not everybody that walks into this place has the best intentions and and your kids safety and your safety is our utmost priority amen we want you to come and to be safe you know i went to a church before this is the craziest thing i went to a church before and um and there was a string of people getting their Bibles stolen. Now, I don't know, but it, like a really good study Bible, it, you could spend 150 bucks on a really awesome study Bible. There was a church that I belonged to. Like for three weeks in a row, people were coming up and saying, hey, listen, have you seen a Bible? And, and we found out that People were stealing these expensive Bibles. Man, how crazy is that to steal God's word? I'd be like, just bless them, Lord. Just, you know, take them to a really good chapter that's going to bring like super great conviction to their, you know, to their heart. Funny side note, Tina, we were at the church that we were going to before. Tina got her window busted in at church service. They took all of our CDs. Every single CD was a Christian CD. And so we just laughed. We were just like, Lord, get them. You know, get them through the, you know, through the through the music. And then another thing is, is sometimes people misuse their authority. They misuse their authority. Listen, people that are given authority when their child, when they're when they're infants in their faith, they can do more damage than they can do good. People given authority too soon. It, it can really, really it can really hurt. It can really hurt people. You know, people, they oppress people and they, they try to micromanage them. And, and I hope that you appreciate that we don't do that around here. Um, this is another thing. If you know or if you've ever met somebody that they're all about the titles. Now, listen, parents, I, I totally get raising your children Hey, that's just not Travis. That's Pastor Travis. That's this or that. But I'm telling you what, man, I have met some people and I always identify myself most of the time. Not always. Most of the time I identify myself. Hey, I'm Travis. You know, how you doing? I introduced myself to a guy one time and uh, and he was a pastor that, that that was coming in to speak at a church. And and I introduced myself. Hey, I'm Travis. Shook his hand. And he said, I'm Pastor, you know, so and so. And I, I was like, that's cool. And, you know, I uh, didn't tell him I was on staff. Well, I came back and I'll just call him Jim. I came back and I said, hey, Jim, do you do you want me to get you some want me to get you some water? And uh, he said uh, that that's pastor. Uh, and then he gave me his his last name. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me just, let me just say it like this. If you've got people that that are like, no, that's pastor or I am prophet so and so or I am apostle, you know, so and so. And they demand you, you know, to call them by their title. Just be careful and just watch out. I think that that like in my own mind, because listen, Jesus never said I'm the savior of the world, Jesus. And the apostle Paul never identified himself as, well, I am the apostle Paul. That Jesus was Jesus and Paul was Paul, period. 
Come on, and this is the deal. If you're, if you're worried about somebody seeing the authority that you carry and the authority that you walk in, instead of telling people about it, why don't you just let them see it in the way that you live your life? Come on, God will show where honor and respect is supposed to be given. Amen? I'm over. I'm going to shut this thing down uh, right here, right now. But I want to I want, I want to challenge you in something. I want to challenge you in this, that if the message is spoken to you at any level and God has exposed some hurts and some pains in your life, I'm asking you to please do something about that. And, and while you're wondering, what can I do? The first thing that needs to be done is just have a vulnerable conversation with the Lord and say, Lord, I see some things. You've revealed some things to me in and through the message today. And God, please forgive me. Like it starts with repentance. You, you've got to identify it and then you've got to repent of it. And then what you do is you go to work. Amen. You go to work. Can I just tell you this morning that God wants a healthy church? Amen. Do you believe that? That God wants his church to be healthy. And, and if, if the church is going to be healthy, then what that means is people within that church are going to be healthy. And I'm just telling you this, that healthy churches and healthy people they're not born that way. Like you can't look at somebody and say, wow, man, that person is just is spiritually healthy and they're strong or that church. You know what? It's just a really healthy church like 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 it just they're, it's they're not born that way. But healthy churches and healthy people are built. They're built intentionally built. And and when you build something, you know, you're going to sweat and it, it can be exhausting and it's going to take some work. But but I'm telling you, the promise is this, that God will heal you and God will restore you. But I just want to leave you with this, that that come on, we need one another. And, and when you choose to share life with people, you're going to find that they're very different than you. They don't think like you. You know what I mean? They're very different. But I'm telling you, even though at the end of the day, come on, if you will take the time to get to know them. Adam was just sharing with me. I got a chance to have ice cream with him last night. Adam was sharing with me that there's a guy that comes onto the lot every once in a while. And people, the people that are selling cars, they don't want to, they're like, you take him. No, no, you take him. Because it's going to, he's kicking tires and it's not going to happen. But Adam's just shared that he's, he's gotten to know this guy. And once you know somebody, you can understand them and you can build a greater relationship with them. Amen. So let's work a little bit better at knowing one another, supporting one another, serving one another. Amen. Will you guys please not just not just hand clap for the message this morning, but I'm asking you to please do something with the message this morning because God has positioned you come on in a place to receive restoration and healing. But he's also positioned you to be an agent of change that if somebody else is hurting, don't be, you know, a quiet bystander. Take every opportunity to walk with that person through their pain so that they may be healed and made whole as well. Okay? Awesome. Praise the Lord. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.